Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Well, one more time, let's stand up, please. Uh, welcome uh, to Kingsgate. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering this morning. And I'm filling in for Pastor Matt this morning, so uh, we're going to have a great time, and we believe that you'll come out uh, a little different this morning and also blessed. This morning, before we begin, I want you to say this because uh, what I'm going to share with you is not just words, but uh, this is a reality or can become a reality in your life. I want you to say with me. This morning, the rest of this year will be super. Say it again. Uh, lift your hand up and say, the rest of this year will be super for me and for my family. One more time, uh, for the rest of this year, is going to be super. Yes. Praise God. Well, let's, uh, if you're able, let's hold hands and let's believe God. Father, we want to thank you this morning. Uh, for your presence, we want to thank you for your word that will never, ever, ever return void. And we thank you, Father, because uh, we, you have given us power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. And Father, we cancel any plan, any arrow, any uh, curse against these people, against their families, against this service. And we thank you, Father, because in the name of Jesus, every veil of darkness is removed. For we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a great praise offering. Praise God. <laughs> praise the Lord. You may, you may be seated. And the reason uh, I wanted you to say that and is because uh, it's, it can become a, a reality, and I declare this morning that it will become a reality in your life. The rest of this year, and not just this year, uh, we declare that it's going to be like that for the rest of your life. Say that uh, for the rest of my life is going to be super. Well, the reason I'm saying that is because of the subject that I'm going to share with you this morning. And the subject that I'm going to share with you, it is the most important subject in the Bible. Now, what subject would that be? Well, it's the subject of faith. Uh, what I'm going to share with you in the next 30 minutes or 35 minutes is what I'm sharing in the other ministry uh, for the duration of this year. So I'm going to see with the help of the Lord, see if we can uh, bring it down to about 35 minutes. But the most important subject in the Bible for the believer is, is uh, that of faith. Uh, and this is why. Now let's go to uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And you can see it here on the screen that uh, and it is impossible, read that with me please, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Once again, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who, uh, who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. So I want you to get this in your heart this morning. Now, what I'm going to share with you is is important because there's 
things in your life or areas of your life that you consider important. Maybe they're not important to me, but they're important to you. Number one, uh, your family, your marriage. You say, well, uh, that's not important. Well, it is. Then you say, well, my health is important. Well, uh, this subject uh, will cover that. Maybe it's your business, uh, your, your, your work, whatever it is, it, whatever you consider important, then this is going to help you. So one more time, let's stand up and let's read this together, would you please? Uh, and it is what? Impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You may be seated. Now, I want to say this up front. If God requires faith, then he does. Because the Bible says that without faith it is impossible. Impossible. So when the word of God says it's, impo it's impossible to please God without faith. So if God requires faith, then if we can't produce faith, then uh, we can accuse God that he is unjust. But uh, however, if he places in our hands the means to produce faith, that means the responsibility to, uh, to have faith or not is ours. Everybody understand that? So it is not God's responsibility uh, whether you have faith or not, all right? Uh, it's important that we understand that. Now, contrary to what people think and believe, life uh, is not hard, or life should not be hard. It's hard for a lot of people. Now, it is not hard, if, number one, if we understand what God has provided. And it is not hard, uh, after you know what God has provided, that you know what you have to do. So these two things are very important. Life should not be difficult. Now, a lot of people say life is hard. Well, it shouldn't be hard. If God made us, and he did. The Bible says that we were made in his image and in his likeness. Can you imagine we're his children, and God put us here, and then we're born again. We become children of the most high God, and then life is hard. Or uh, People say, God, uh, God made, this, uh, made it hard for me. Well, that would, be, that would be absurd, right? So we know that if we'll do exactly what God tells us, and we understand what God has provided, then life uh, will not be hard. It will be easy. I want you to say that with me. Life is going to be easy for me. That's right. Now, if we'll go to uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, uh, we see what Jesus said there. He said, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are what? Weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle uh, at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. Somebody say it's easy to bear. That's right. And the burden that I give you is heavy. No, it is light. So what Jesus is saying, he said, the life that I have for you now, it is an easy life, right? It's an easy life. Now, it's easy, once again, if we know what God has provided, right? 
and if we know uh, what we have to do, what is our responsibility. So uh, the life that Jesus is talking about is, is uh, defined in one verse. If, if you get a hold of this and never forget this and declare this, then you understand what God has provided. John 10, 10, well, Jesus said this, the enemy or the, the thief has come not but to what? But to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it how? Abundantly. So the life that God has for us is not only life, it's not death now, it's life, but it's abundant life. And, every, and this life that Jesus is describing is for everybody. Does everybody understand that? It is not just for a few people, it's for all the people uh, right now, for the 7.5 billion people that are upon the earth. This life is for everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but, ever, but have everlasting life. So this life is for everybody. So this is what we're going to be sharing with you this morning and how to live this life, all right? Now, some people, and I've heard that uh, over the years, people say, Pastor, you don't understand. Uh, I can't. Well, who told you you can't? Well, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not able to live this good life. Number one, I come from a dysfunctional family. Uh, if you knew my family, you would say, uh, this life is not for me. And some of you say, well, uh, Pastor, I can't live this life. I don't have any formal education. Other people say, uh, Pastor, you don't know my past life. I've been sexually abused. I've been abused verbally and physically. Uh, I have many physical problems. I can't live this life. It's impossible. I know Jesus said that. He said, uh, uh, I've come that you might have abundant life. But uh, my past, there's no way. I have, I've been divorced, uh, maybe one, or uh, some of you, I've been divorced two or three times, all right? Oh, pastor, I've been in prison. Pastor, my life in the past has been drugs and alcohol. I've damaged my brain. <laughs> there's no way that I, I have mental problems. They've given me a label. I'm bipolar or schizophrenic or ADHD, whatever those people have given you. How many of you know that in God, everything is possible, right? Everything. Doesn't matter about your past. Give the Lord a great praise offering for that. So in God, it doesn't matter. So you can't say, I can't. You can do it, all righty? So if God is part of the equation, if God is part of it, this is the secret of this life, abundant life. If God is part of the, uh, the, uh, of the equation, then uh, there are no limits to what you can do in life, all right? You have to remove the limits. Once you find out what God has provided and what you have to do in life then, and what, uh, what God has said in his word, then there is no limits to what you can do, all right? So let's go to Mark uh, 9.23. Now, Jesus said, uh, in, uh, well, the Bible says in Hebrew, he said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But in Mark 9.23, on the other hand, he says, if you can believe, right? How many things are possible? Wow. He said, if you can believe, he said, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things. How many things? All things are, are possible. 
Now, I want you to get uh, notice the words all because God covers everything. When he's part of the equation, nothing is absolutely impossible regardless of your past. Can you say amen? Now, let's go to uh, Philippians 4.13. And I love this scripture. And he says, I can do how many things? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Pastor, I can't do this. Yes, you can. You can, regardless of your past, regardless of the abuse, regardless how many times you've been divorced, regardless of your physical problems, when God is part of the equation, you can do all things. Can you say amen? Now look at Philippians 4.19. Pastor, it doesn't seem like I will ever be able to get that house oh, by, uh, oh, by my dream house. No. The Bible says, and my God shall supply what? All your need according to his riches and glory. So are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you? In, in God, there are no limits, and you can do all things with God. Now, in Mark 10, 27 is also a great scripture. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with who? But not with God. For with God, all things. All things are, uh, are, are possible. Now, let's go to Ephesians 3.20 now. If you can think it, listen to me now. If you can imagine it, uh, God can go beyond that. Are you understanding me? So you have, if you quit dreaming, you have to begin dreaming again. If you'll do what I'm telling you this morning because your life will change. Uh, listen to what the Bible says here now. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So the gospel, uh, what you just heard, is good news. Does everybody understand that? Now, in you, if you're trying to do it without God, uh, there's limits. But when you get connected with the God of the universe, and whenever uh, you begin to know what he has provided and what you have to do, now as a child of God, there are no limits. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, can you say amen? Now, the Bible says that the gospel, and you've heard that, the gospel is good news, all right? Now, let's go to Romans 1.16, and uh, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed, this is what Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. And you can put parentheses there and say, For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ. How many of you know that the gospel is good news, right? And he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel uh, of Christ or the good news, for it is the power. Say that with me. It is the power. It is the power of God uh, to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So we have to understand this, uh, that the gospel is good news, all right? And, and the reason I'm saying it's good news because that word salvation in, in the original text, the Greek text, is the word soteria, which is an all-inclusive word. Did everybody get that? 
So whenever you read this verse, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, uh, for, uh, for it is the power of God uh, to salvation, you can put it's the power of God for deliverance. It is the power of God to heal your brain. It is the power of God to give you health. It is the power of God to give you deliverance from drugs, from alcohol, right, from pornography. It is the power of God to give you well-being. It is the power of God, well, whatever you need in life. That's the power of God. That's, uh, that's the good news, right? So the good news, that was great news for me. Now, some people uh, understand what they, when they say that. Pastor, I'm all messed up in my mind. Well, I was all messed up. At the age of uh, uh, 19 and 20, I was messed up, all right? I try to fake it, you know, uh, in front of people, but I was messed up inside. If you've ever been to a war zone, well, you understand what I'm talking about. So I came back, I was all messed up, man. But I, when somebody told me that that book, the Bible, was the manual, the creator's manual, and that uh, the gospel was good news, and that it included and met every need of my life, I said, this is what I've been looking for, right? So the gospel is the good news. Why? Because it is the power of God. Everybody understand that? It's the power of God to whatever you need in life, all right? Now, let's go to 2 Peter, and this is why it's the good news. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. And he says this, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 and 5. He says, as his divine power has given to us, how many things? Look, look, there's no limits in God, right? I can do all things through Christ, right? Right. Uh, uh, and he shall supply all my needs. Now, look at this. In his divine power, as his divine power has given to us, how many things? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. Next verse. For by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And that word corruption is the word destruction. How many of you know that we live in a chaotic, destructive world, right? I mean, it's destroying people. It's destroying people, uh, homes, nations. You see it all everywhere. Did you know that there's, well, there's 7 billion people, over 7 billion people in the world. You know how many billion people are, or how many people are starving? One billion. Starving. One billion people are starving. That's a lot of people. And then 2 billion people are obese. Uh, and then the other rest of the people are struggling. But according to the good news, he said, he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped. Say that with me. Having escaped. That's it. You'll escape the destruction and the corruption. How? Through the promises that God has given you. But these promises can only work for you if you know them. My people, the Bible says, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, Isaiah 5.13, he says, 
my people are taken into captivity because they lack knowledge. We don't have the luxury of being ignorant of what the word of God says. No. The only escape we have is what God has said. And if we carry these promises out in our life, can you say amen? So uh, these scriptures that I just read to you in the good life, the good life is for everybody. Say that with me. The good life is for me. Say that with, uh, say that with me. The good life is for me. Now I want you to say it uh, this way. Uh, I'm going to live the good life. If God says it's for me, the abundant life, I'm going to live that life. Okay? Regardless of your past. I'm, this is the good news now. Regardless of the past, uh, you can live this good life. Said, Pastor, but I've lived already 30, 40, 50, or whatever years I've lived this other life. Can I change? Can I really live this life? Or is it just words in a book? No, it's not words. It's a reality. Can you say amen? You can live this life, and I'm going to show you how to live this life. Now, we have to understand now, it's understood that you have to be born again. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And the reason you have to be born again is because of uh, what I'm going to just share with you in a few moments. Uh, you were dead inside. There is an inward man and an outward man, and the inward man was dead. Okay? Which means that you were separated from God. When we're separated from God, there's no way that you can live the abundant life. You have to get connected to God. Can you say amen? Uh, in the beginning, God made Adam, and he was connected. I mean, he was connected. He could talk to God every moment. There was nothing to hinder. He was talking to God. They had a, uh, an ongoing conversation when Adam wanted to talk to God. Why? Because the way God made us, and we were made in his image, we were, we were made alive inside. Does everybody understand that? I'm not talking about your body. I'm talking about the inward man. The inward man. He was alive. But when he sinned, he died. You see, and when he died, he was instantly separated from God. So that's why people have to be born again. When you're born again, you get reconnected. You get reconnected to God. And this is why in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, If any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. Say this with me. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. Praise God. Now, I'm going to show you now how to receive this life. Are you ready? I'm going to show you how to receive this life now. Once again, you have to understand that we have to be born again. And this is the first step. The first step is to understand how God made us. You have to understand that. If we're going to have this life, all right? And the life that I'm uh, in this life, abundant life, is not for a week. It's not for a month, okay? It's not for 10 years. It's for the duration of your stay here on planet Earth and then forever. I can tell you that because I've lived that life now for 50 years. It's been an unfolding of God's plan, but uh, I've been living that life. And I plan to live that life until I say bye-bye to this world, all right? We can, we can have the abundant life, which means... Everything is met. It means that there are no limits. It means that uh, we, we can actually accomplish God's will in our life, right? 
We can have uh, health. We can have prosperity. There's no lack in our life. We can have good families. We can have good marriages. Our children will be powerful upon the earth. Can you say amen? How many of you, uh, if you don't have any children, you plan and you're, uh, you're believing that children, your children will be mighty upon the earth? Lift your hand and say, my children will be mighty upon the earth. You have to believe that, right? We declare that uh, with our children when they were in Pastor Barbara's womb. We'd pray over her womb. We'd pray that uh, our children would be mighty upon, uh, upon, the, upon the earth. So the first step is this. Listen real carefully. We have to understand how God made us if we're going to live the abundant life. And this is the way God made us. Genesis 1.26, he says we're made in the image of God, right? In the likeness of God. And then when we go to, you don't have to turn to there, but I'll just, I'll just say it. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible says that we were, we were made uh, spirit. Listen to me now. Spirit, soul, and body in that order. Okay? Spirit, soul, and body. That's the, the order of importance. God made us a spirit. We possess a soul, and we live in a body. This is the way God made us. Does everybody understand that? Now, uh, our, now this is what uh, quantum physics says. It now, we understand that the Bible is true. And if science does not agree with the Bible, then science has to catch up. But uh, over the years... There have been some great breakthroughs. At, uh, years and years ago, uh, naturalists in science were saying this. Uh, humans are just a brain and a body. Oh, no, you're much more than a, a brain and a body. You are a spirit. You possess a soul. And you live in a body. Everybody understand that? This is the way God made us. Now, the abundant life that God has for us... Uh, will become a reality if we understand how God made us, because if we understand how God made us, then we'll understand our responsibility, what we have to do in order for us to get that life. It's a, it's a, it's a covenant. It's uh, working together with God. Do you understand that? Uh, he does his part. We do our part. And when we do our part, because God's going to do his part, then we're going to have that abundant life because God can't lie. Can you say amen? He cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. And if Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and to have it more abundantly, he wasn't lying. Everybody can live that life, right? So how do we do it? Once again, we have to understand how God made us. Now, once again, we are a spirit. We possess a soul. Listen real carefully. That's very important. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And then you can find other scriptures. Uh, we are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. Now, this is what science is saying, quantum physics and neuroscientists, that your brain, listen to me real carefully, your brain and your body is only 1% you. That's it. Your body is made up of 100, uh, from 75 to 100 trillion cells. But even though you have 100 trillion cells in your body, that's a lot of cells, right? That only is 1% of who you are. Your spirit 
and your soul is 99% of who you are. So guess what's important? That's why God gives it in the order of importance, spirit, soul, and body. Your body is important. It's a temple. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. But even though it's a temple, uh, it, it, it's only the 1% you. And your brain, listen to me real carefully, your brain is not your mind. Your brain is not your soul. Your brain is just an organ. If you could take your brain and take it out of your body, you could examine it for years. It, it does nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's just an organ. Do you understand that? It's just an organ. Detached from your body, it's nothing. Now, uh, your, your brain only houses, listen real carefully because we, got, we, have to, uh, we have to understand how God made us. Your brain only houses the results of your mind. Now, we have to understand how, number two, how, uh, what we have to do, our responsibility. Somebody say our responsibility. You see, this is how we're going to have this abundant life. Know what he's provided. And number two, understand what is our responsibility. Now, when we look at how God made us, then we know what our responsibility is. Uh, when, uh, when we were saved, when a person is born again and gives his life to God, uh, what, uh, what did God do? He saved your spirit. Somebody say, he saved our spirit. But your soul and body goes untouched. That's our responsibility. Everybody look up here and listen, listen real carefully. That's your responsibility. If you're going to have the abundant life, then we have to do something with our soul and with our body. God will not do that for you. You understand that? He saved us, and we became a new creation. The Spirit of God came into our spirit, and we were made a new creation. Everybody understand that? Something that did not ever exist before. We are now a new creation. Everybody understand that? A new creation. Something that you were not before. When God comes in, the Spirit of God comes into when you invite Jesus in your, in your life, when you say, I believe, with, uh, I confess with my, uh, with my mouth and believe with my heart uh, that God raised Jesus from the dead. When a person says that, something supernatural takes place in the, in the, inside your, uh, your being, inside your inward man, and that uh, spirit of yours is born again. He becomes a new creation. Does everybody understand that? But that's all God's going to do. He's already provided everything. Does everybody understand that? He, he can't provide anymore. He's already provided everything. So if we are, what are we? We're not just a spirit. We're spirit, soul, and body. So if God took care of the spirit part, then who's going to take care of the soul and take care of the body? We are. What if we don't do anything? Well, you'll never see the abundant life. But the abundant life is for you, and it's for your family. Does everybody understand that? Listen real carefully now, because it don't matter where you're coming from or where you've been, your life is going to change. You can say the remainder of this year is going to be super for me and my family. It's going to be super. Things are going to start changing. 
And if you've had a good life uh, or if you've had a good year, and I believe that a lot of us have already had a good year, right? 2020 has been a superb year. Let's give the Lord a great praise offer for that. It's been superb, right? That's it. Now, that is just the beginning. You can now have the abundant life for the rest of the year. And this is the way, this is the normal Christian life. From glory to glory, from faith to faith, from triumph to triumph, you don't stay in the same condition. You're, you're changing, and you're, uh, you're improving, and you're completely becoming a different person every day. But we have a responsibility, and our responsibility is our soul. Now, the, for the believer, now listen to this. For the believer, your focus, listen real carefully, your focus is the soul. I want to I repeat that, okay, over and over. As a believer, your responsibility and your main focus is the soul. The three parts of you, spirit, soul, body, your focus is the soul if you're going to see the abundant life. Our focus is the soul. Do everybody understand that? You focus on your soul, and God already took care of the spirit. Now, th let me explain the soul now. And it's three simple words, and you have to get this. Then we understand our, our responsibility. Uh, the soul is this. Think, feel, choose. That's the soul. Did everybody get that? Say it with me. Think, feel, and choose. Now, all of you have already experienced it. How many of you know that what you think, you're going to feel? Right? If you start thinking about a horrible thing that happened in the past, then you're going to feel it, right? If you think about a good thing, you feel it right away. And then you'll choose. God will not choose for us. So people are living the type of life they're living, and they blame God for uh, what is happening in their life. No, it's not God. God's already provided everything for you. It's your choosing. How many of you know that people choose wrong, right? God says, choose life instead of death. He offers, he presents to every man, he said, here in Deuteronomy 30, 19, he says, here is life or death. Which one do you want? He said, well, the, uh, uh, anybody in his right mind said, I want life. I don't want death. Okay, uh, I present to you. Uh, blessing or cursing, what is, what would you choose? Well, anybody in his right mind once again would say, I want the blessing of the Lord. And he says that you may live and your children. So we have to choose. Everybody understand that? You have to choose. But if, you're, but if your choosing is jacked up, then your life is going to be jacked up. Because God can't choose for us. That's, that's your soul. What you think is what you feel, and what you feel is what you're going to choose in life. So we have to ch renew our, our soul, right? And in Romans 12, 2, now lo lo notice the responsibility, Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this what? Be not conformed uh, or, or do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. That's your soul. 
Then you will learn. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Can you say amen? So we have to change. Uh, we're transformed. You say, how can I be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. By changing the way you think. That's very, very important. What you think is what you're going to feel. You know why people are depressed? Because they have toxic thoughts. If you, uh, if you think wrong, you'll be depressed. If you're looking at your past, then you're going to feel bad. If you're, looking, uh, if you're thinking about some awful situation in your life, man, I couldn't get this Vietnam out of my brain, man, for about a year and a half. After I left, it was just there, man, you know, everything, just there, there. But when I learned that I could be transformed by my thinking, I said, I got work to do. God's not going to do it for me. My wife's not going to do it for me. Uh, nobody in the world's going to do it for you. How many of you know that nobody can change the way you think and nobody can do that for you, right? Nobody can do that for you. Nobody. Nobody, not your grandmother, not your grandfather, not your spouse, not the pastor. Nobody can do that for you. It's your responsibility. If you want to live a transformed life and if you want to live the abundant life, you've got to change the way you think, right? That's right. So uh, what is Romans 12, 2? What does it really mean? It means this, one word. You can write this down. It means exchange. It's not adding, it's not merely adding information. You have to exchange what? Your thoughts for God's thoughts. Everybody get that? You see, our responsibility is our soul. Once you're saved, your whole focus is right there. Think, feel, and choose. There's no limits to what you can do if you change your thinking. So I can do all things. This, these next three months are going to be super for me and my family. Uh, for the rest of my life, I'm going to live the abundant life. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have total and complete victory. Does everybody understand that? I don't care what happened, but I'm going to live the good life uh, because God promised that life for me, and I'm going to receive it. It's mine. Does everybody understand that? But it is an exchange. It's a process. Somebody say, it's a process. Now, once again, the brain is not the mind. The brain only houses, listen to me, the results of, of the mind. Uh, when you think and what you think, listen real carefully, changes the structures of your brain. Bad, toxic thoughts damage your brain, the organ. And if it damages your brain, that means it's going to affect and influence the 100 trillion cells in your body. Remember this scripture, and I'll show you. I can prove it to you. Look what God says in Proverbs 17, 22. He says, a merry heart doeth good like what? <laughs> Somebody say a merry heart. A merry heart doeth good like what? It doeth good like me. It's the best medicine. But he said a broken spirit, it begins to what? Dry your bones. It affects you. What you think, listen to me, what you think will damage not only your brain, okay, your brain, but it will influence and affect all your body. 100 trillion cells, eventually you'll get sick. 
uh, and science has proved that already. They've proved that, that the brain is not the mind, and the, uh, and the, br uh, uh, and the mind is not the brain, but the, br the brain only houses the results of your thinking. And when you start thinking good thoughts, it begins to change the structures of your brain, and then eventually changes your whole body. Everybody understand that? Now, this is why in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7, listen real carefully, God uh, describes our identity. We weren't made. There are no circuits in our body or in our life, now listen to me, of jealousy. God didn't make us like that. He made us. Somebody say God made us. And because he made us, he didn't make you with jealousy. He didn't make you to have weird thoughts, pornography. He didn't make you, uh, he, we weren't wired for, but, uh, for anything except love. Can you say amen? We have no fear circuits. We weren't made for fear, worry, none of these things. God made us. Second Timothy 1.7, he said, for God has not given us the what? The spirit of fear. But he gave us, he made us this way, look, power, love, and a sound mind. That's the way God made you. You were made. And whenever fear comes, you said, no, I'm not going to receive that. I'm not going to receive that. I'm going to walk in love. Well, we were wired for love. Does everybody understand that? We, we, we were made by love. We were made in love. And we were made to love people. And when, when you have all these other things in your life, those things are the result of operating operating outside our perfect divine nature. When you have all these other things in life, you say, I have jealousy, I have fear, I have hatred in my life, Pastor. I have perverted thoughts, I have all this. Well, that's the result of operating out of your, uh, your divine nature that God created you, all right? Now, I'm going to give you a scripture here that will change your life, okay? Uh, let's go to um, Mark chapter 4, and I'll end with this, Mark chapter 4. And uh, Mark chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 13 and 20. Let's read the whole thing, and then we'll come back, all right? Uh, and this, uh, this, uh, this uh, parable that Jesus talked about uh, is about the hearers. There's four people or four groups of people that hear, all right? Four people that hear, and it talks about lasting, lasting change. Do we want lasting change? Do we want the good life for one month? Can you imagine how horrible it would be? You get married and you have a good life for 60 days, and then everything turns and you begin to have a horrible life. Would you like that? No. Whatever we started with God, we want it to be enduring. We want to be abiding. We want it to, to last. We want it to be a, 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 a lasting change for us, right? Not 30 days, not 60 days. The life that God has for us is forever. Can you say amen? It's forever, the abundant life. It's not for 30 days or 60 days. or. But you have to change now your thinking. If that does not change, your soul does not change, then it will not be a lasting or uh, a lasting change in your life. Everybody understand that? Now, church on Sunday and, and Wednesdays or any time we have is very, very important. But it's just to motivate you to do what you have to do. Now, let me say this. We started, uh, we've had spiritual warfare class. 
and that class is designed to give you the basics, but also to give you a lasting change. It is designed now, the people that take it, which is 10 weeks, uh, it will have a lasting change in your life. Uh, so once again, look, look what science is, is saying, uh, and it's proving the Bible, all right? They say that within 63 days, 63 days of doing something every day, let's say for 30 minutes, you do something uh, every day for 30 minutes, not for two days, no, but if you do it for 63 days, you have caused uh, thought patterns to change in your life. Habits are changed every 63 days if you do it every day. This is why classes like spiritual warfare, you do it every day, and we have designed that so that you do something every day for 70 days, and your whole life has changed. Now, notice this parable. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all parables? The farmer plants seed by what? Taking God's word to others. Uh, the seed that fell on where? The footpath represents those that hear the message only to have Satan come at, at, at once and take it away. In other words, uh, that was a, there was no duration there. They, they had an experience, but uh, it just lasted a day. The seed on rocky soil, somebody say rocky soil, represents those that hear the message and immediately receive it with what? With joy. And since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Okay? These people, in other words, uh, they last three or four days. They did something for two or three days. But the abundant life didn't last long. And now the seed that fell among the thorns represents uh, others who hear God's word. Uh, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire of other things. So there's no fruit. No fruit is produced. All right. So the one that fell on thorns, they might have gone two or three weeks or two weeks. And then. They went back to the old life. How many of you know that we don't want to do that? We want to have an enduring change a lasting change in our life how do we do that look at uh, this uh, verse here and the seed that fell on good soil represents those that hear and accept uh, accept god's word and produce a harvest of 30 60 or even a hundred times as much as had been planted so it's lasting change is what god has for us how do you have lasting change? You've got to keep the seed in your heart. Your soul has to be renewed. And you have to do what the Bible says in Joshua 1.8, uh, Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that meditates in the word what? Day and night. In other words, you're doing something in your life every day. And every 63 days, patterns are changed. Every 63 days, uh, habits are changed. 
there's changes. And if there's a change in your soul, your life changes. You understand that? What is the, what is the cause of all the problems that we have? Wrong thinking. Everybody understand that? Even Christians now. But everything begins with the spirit that you have to be born again. But once you're born again, our focus is the soul. Because what you think is what you feel. And what you feel is what you're going to choose. Do Christians choose incorrectly a lot of times? Why? Why do they do that? It's because their, their mind is not renewed. Or if they did, they only went so far or so long. You will not have lasting change if you do something for a week. You will not have lasting change if you do something for two weeks. That's why people are filled with depression and fear. God did not, uh, he did not wire us up for fear. No, God didn't make us that way. God did not make us for jealousy, for hatred, uh, for, uh, for prejudice, for, uh, for any of these things. He didn't make us for that. He, he wired us because he made us. He made us in love. And if we walk in love, then we're going to have faith. Can you say amen? But we have to change that part of us, which is so important. Your soul is this. Look, it's the connector. Here's your spirit. Here's your body. The soul is right in the middle. It's your thinking. It's your, it's your, feel, it's your feeling. And it's your choosing. It's your thinking processes, it's your emotions, and it is your will. Does everybody understand that? It's your choosing. Who's going to choose for you? Nobody. But once you are renewed, you begin to choose, and you're doing this every day. So dedicate yourself. Listen to me real carefully. When you leave today now, uh, make up your mind and say, I'm going to do something now for 63 days. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do, starting tonight, today, I'm going to spend 30 minutes. For example, you have physical problems, then you get a hold of the word, and you're going to meditate on that word starting today, the scriptures. And you're going to meditate on that today, and tomorrow, you say, well, I have a change uh, in two weeks. Perhaps not. Uh, first 21 days, you will already start having a change. And then another 21 days. And then the third uh, patterns will already be established in your life and habits will be broken. Then you stand up and say, I will not have that in my life. I will have total health that God has provided for me. He's already provided for me. I'm going to live in health. And if you've lived in lack or poverty, then you have to change that. How many of you know that you can get people out of the ghetto but if you don't get the ghetto out of them, they're going back to the ghetto. Or what, they, what you've given them, they'll make it ghetto. Right? They'll make it ghetto. Because the problem is not that beautiful house. Or it's not the environment. It's them. It's them. You have to change them. We change the thinking of people. They're, everything's going to change. Does everybody understand that? So did everybody understand what I've shared with you this morning? We, we have to have a change, and the change will come in your thinking. Let's stand up, and let's believe God this morning. Praise the Lord.
Would you lift up your one hand and say, Father, I make Jesus Lord of my life. Say that. I make Jesus Lord of my life. I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that Jesus is Lord and that you raised him from the dead. I believe that. And now, Father, I am your son. I am your daughter. And, Father, I commit myself today to renewing my mind, which is my responsibility. And I thank you, Father, because the abundant life belongs to me. It belongs to me. Say that. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. It belongs to me and my family. And from this day forward, I am determined that I'm going to live out that life. That life, the abundant life, is going to become a reality in my life. Thank you, Father, because the patterns, uh, patterns of thought, thought patterns and habits are going to change in my life by your word. The gospel is the good news. It is the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God for health. It's the power of God to change everything about you. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to sal of salvation, to salvation. For everybody, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Father, I thank you. And I thank you, Father, because as these patterns, and th uh, thought patterns and thinking begins to ch begin to change in our lives, we will have different families, different lives. Father, everything's going to change. You said that you'll meet every need that we have. We're not going to have lack ever, ever. We're never going to have lack, Father, ever. Your word doesn't lie. And Father, we thank you because every sickness will be overcome. We're going to live a healthy life. And Father, we're going to be blessed from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a...